0: Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. It's just been amazing how God has kept us in following His Word and in John because I think Lots of times, it's not a bad way to teach, it's another way that I teach is topical, you know, where where you teach by topic and you support it with scriptures and, you know, you'll get an urge from God, just like I got an urge from God, you know, restudy peace, that's a promise that we can have that peace. It passes all understanding. And if you don't have it, you're getting ripped off. I mean, you're getting gypped as a Christian. And a lot of Christians think, you know, all Christian means is that you grow up in a certain church and you go to the church and then you're all buried together somewhere. I mean, and and I'm trying to say, I mean, not, it's, it's been an awakening really in the last couple centuries that, People have understood there is a relationship with Christ, that you live with Christ, that we live in this eternal kingdom now that we can have peace, now that we can have hope, now that he's here with us, now. And that we're singing to an alive God, when we're singing joy to the world, the Lord has come, we're singing to a God that is now, but um, he has directed me back into john just because um the word is so rich i love the word so much and it is so rich it is my life it is our life it is everything and it brings life it's the spirit you know we were talking earlier just um casually that the scripture that says the flesh counts for nothing but it's the spirit that brings life and um I I kind of started dividing in my mind, just absent-mindedly when I'm driving in the car, like, what in my life is flesh and what is spirit? And one of the things that came up that's flesh is um, I really like to be right. (laughs) So I was talking to my mom on the phone this morning, and and I never have any ideas for my birthday, ever, never. I'm always like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So I saw this little vest that could keep keep me warm and I called my mom this morning and it was terrible timing anyway because she just got back in town, she's gonna go leave and go back out of town and she's been with my sisters and her three children and my dad and and I called her and I said, you know, Mom, you know, for my birthday, you know how I never have any ideas and da da da, da. and she thought I said for Christmas and for Christmas she'd already given generously this precious ski trip that we went Thanksgiving. And so she said, you know, I've really already given Christmas. And I said, no, for my, for my birthday. And she goes, well, you didn't say for your birthday. And I wanted to go, yes, I did, darn it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I just realized that's so flesh. I mean, I, but we need to start realizing what's important in this life. I mean, is it being right? Is it having the last word? No, you know what's important is people loving people and not even their impression of us. You know, I've been so convicted that that when I go speak, when I go and represent Jesus, if if even if you go and you sing or you go and whatever you do in the name of Jesus, it's whatever reputation you leave of him, it's it's his anointing that we want to leave and what others think of you it should not matter it doesn't matter because we're of him and this world is just passing away if you think it's not look how fast your kids and grandkids are growing I mean this is just the first little step into what is eternity and we're learning on this earth to love God and because love is a choice, we are given the choice to choose God or not. We're given that choice. We're given the choice to choose joy or not. We're given the choice to choose um, laziness or not. You know how many choices we have in one day? Have you ever mm-hmm. thought about how your day would veer in how many choices that you have? And. It's incredible. And so we need to just keep choosing God and choosing his word. And the more we get of his word in us, the more it won't be hard to choose love. It won't be hard to be more like Jesus because his word is alive and it gets in us. It's not just you study it and you become more memorizing of it. It gets up in us. And that's what I love about the word. So I'm going to start where we left off in John 4 verse 1. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, first of all, the Bible is just chock full of... Intense um, historical incredible things. I mean, 2,000 years before Jesus basically was Jacob. And if you look in verse 5, it says that Jesus came to Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Um, Jacob, his name, as you probably remember, was changed to Israel he started out as Jacob, which means like supplanter, swindler, you know, not, not such a great name that you want to have. And he kind of swindled his brother out of inheritance. But then he really wrestled with God, which is sometimes what we have to do when we realize that we are also little swindlers, weasels, and we can also be that way. And And God, when he really wrestled with God and really faced God and faced God in truth, God named him Israel. So Jacob became the father of 12 men who represent the tribes of Israel. Y'all probably know that too. And one of which is his son, Joseph, who is part of the lineage of Jesus. And so here we we kinda think, oh, Jesus is just, you know, wandering around and he came to a little place that Jacob gave his son and it's a little plot of ground and you don't you don't understand the I, I don't understand the, the incredible foreknowledge of God. The, the God that we serve who knows the past, present and the future, who's not contained by the past, present, or the future, and who in your life, even in your life, in our little finite lives, knew what he was doing when he put you in your family with your situation and saw the end from the beginning. I just love this, just how deep the Bible goes, and, and you could just stop really on every verse of the Bible and just get super historical. And then you could stop and get really archaeological. And then you could stop and get really scientific. And so, I promise we'll go on. I just wanted to stop and let let us dwell a little bit on the depth of what we're we're seeing here. And Jesus doesn't go anywhere that God didn't tell him to go, Mm -hmm. and he's not just going places. I mean, he's listening to his Father, and he's going where he's being told to go to so he's really sent to this area let's go to john 4 verse 6 now jacob's well was there jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well and it was the sixth hour and a woman of samaria came to draw water and jesus said to her give me a drink For his disciples have gone away to the city to buy food, and the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, you know what? The most despised people to the Jews were the Samaritans. Because the Samaritans had this like half-Jewish lineage, Also, you know, worshiped idols and they had everything all mixed up. And um, they had what I guess a lot of the true Hebrews in that day would think is a corrupted form of Judaism. And so this is like talking to some woman from some wacko cult that your particular group abhors Which is not good to poor, but obviously jesus doesn't but I think it's fun that we can look here and go God sent his son to this woman. I love that I mean you think god didn't send his son to you you think you found him I mean god sent his son to this woman and let's look at her life. Let's see if she's deserving of god sending um him so john 4.10, 4.10, Jesus answers to her when she says, how is it that you ask me for a drink? Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You know, that's what, exactly what we're celebrating right now. If you knew the gift of God. I mean, what is the gift of God? Salvation in Jesus Christ. What is the gift of God? Jesus is the gift of God. And so it's, it's it's ironic that he's looking at her saying, "If you knew me, you could ask for living water and you would live forever knowing me because through me you would obtain salvation. You would obtain forgiveness. You would obtain eternal life and a relationship with the one true God. And so there's so much irony there. There really is. The gift of God is salvation. And, you know, this Christmas, I think about that. It's like how many times we're talking in church a lot about gifts. And how many times do we think, okay, it's Christmas. I especially want to give the gift of God. I want to make sure over all the other temporary little gifts that break and they have to be returned and, you know, people re-gift them anyway and, you know, that I want to give the gift of God this Christmas who is Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. That's the entire thing. And anyway, John 4, 1, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Remember, Jesus asked her for water. Where then do you get that living water? And he said he had water. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him, will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Now, this is so great because here this is a desperate woman, you know? I mean, she she is totally open. And, and, and we see that she remarks back to him or says back to him, responds back to him. In John four fifteen, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus stops right there and demands truth. You know, and you know what? I, I just, I've had so many times in my life where I've been desperate for God. I've thrown myself upon him. I've, I've, I've seen something in the Bible that, that it's a gift or a promise that perhaps I don't have, whether it's peace or whether whether it's um, Let's just say it's peace. Let, let's just say it's peace. And so often I'll say, God, I've got to have this. And then he'll call me on something to be truthful. You know, God is a spirit. And he asks that we worship him in spirit and truth. And he always appreciates truth because he is truth. He is truth. And what makes it so hard for a lot of us to Comprehend and and understand and even embrace truth as we spend so much time lying to ourselves You know seriously, I mean I could I could have an excuse for absolutely everything that I do You're wrong But I see myself with rose-colored glasses. I see you under a microscope You know, and so sometimes I think god when you pray, and I'm just I'm encouraging you with this, if you feel like sometimes you're not having a, a breakthrough with God, see if there's any place that, that you can go, God, is there anywhere I'm lying to myself? Is there anywhere that I'm relying to myself? You know? That it's really not okay to be doing this. It's really not okay to be saying this. It's really not okay. Or it really, I should be doing xyz and and then what's great about god is that conviction comes from the holy spirit and it convinces us and shows us the way the truth the path and there's freedom there's release like i can really go god you know what the reason i'm not peaceful is i keep concentrating on the fact and i just am gonna throw this out there as an example that I have a broken neck and a um, tumor there. And so that's reality. So how can I not have pain? And then how can I get through the pain? And then how am I going to do when I'm older? And da, 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 da. Instead of just going, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. And then going back to his word and saying, you know, I trust, with the, I trust the Lord with all my heart. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I am going to follow him and he will make my path straight. I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes, but I'm going to fear the Lord and shun evil and be flesh to my marrow and health to my bones. That's what I need to be thinking about. And then that peace comes. But sometimes we lie to ourselves like, well, I'm not afraid of that. Or, no, I'm not really have that going on. Or, you know, I, that's not a big use. And God loves it when we come to him and go, Yes, help, you know, and show me, me, <laughs> show me what is making, where is this open door to bringing this negative or to bring letting Satan come in and wreak havoc in my life or in my family's life? Where is it? And I want to shut it because sometimes we don't really want to know. Okay. And I, am not saying that to you all. I'm saying that to me too. Sometimes I just really don't want to know. And, um, God understands that too, but he says to her, when she says, give me this water, mm-hmm. he says to her, John 4:16, go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband. Mm-hmm. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. In that you truly spoke, or you spoke truly. You know, she wants the truth. And she's willing to just kind of put it all out there with God ...with Jesus, and I'm not saying, you know, always do that in a group. I know some people are big into groups, and let's just put a lot out there. I'm saying you have a loving Father with you that you can put it all out there and say, here is the truth. And it's an embarrassing thing for her to have to say that she's had five husbands. It's embarrassing, first of all, that she's a Samaritan. It's embarrassing, second of all, in that culture that she's female and that she's talking to a rabbi and and then embarrassing thirdly that she's had five husbands that's embarrassing in any any culture and then she's living with a guy so he's kind of like you know I know you're shacking up with this one dude and you've already had five husbands and I'm so glad you told the truth you know cuz I can do something with truth god can do so much with truth Sometimes we're afraid to tell them the truth because we don't know how to fix it. It's like once I figure out how to fix it, God, then I'll tell you the truth and then how, you know, we're going to get it together. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of, of just like she did in her life. Don't be afraid of, of, of just telling him the whole mess. And, and don't be afraid that the, you don't have the answer. God is so good like that. He wants truth and he can work with truth. You know, when it's not, when even we are confronted with something that's not truthful, it's, it's you can't work with it very well. Um, yesterday, I was at Walmart at 4, 4.30, and I have this little wallet thing that I take into the grocery store and it has just kind of my credit cards, my driver's license and some cash. And I don't like to carry a purse because it kind of pulls on my shoulder. And then if I put it in the, in the basket, you know, you kind of wrap it into, into the child security thing. But still, I, I don't like it. And so I've kind of gotten in this habit, which has worked well for me, to, you know, disc- discreetly throw my little wallet at the bottom of my basket and then start, you know, putting groceries on top of... This wallet and it's really thin. It's it's hard to see. It's black. I mean, no big deal. So I I I've put in first of all we all of our Christmas lights were out because you know they that's traditional. You get them out and half of them don't work. And then you say, oh, Merry Christmas. That happened the last forty years of my life. And, um, and so Lacey, uh, Lacey and Storm must have tried 10 lights. And finally, Lacey goes, we're putting on the partial lights. I was like, well, let me just go. They're not that expensive and get some good lights. So I went to Lowe's. They didn't have any. So I went to Walmart. And <gasps> yeah, yeah, they ha- they're out. They're out. And then not only that, Home Depot's out. yeah. So I went to Walmart, and I went to Walmart, and I thought, and then, of course, you're a mother, and so can you just go and get Christmas lights? No, I have to get, Chris, I had just, you know, five, six, seven boxes of Christmas lights, then random stuff, like kid, one kid wants Ovaltine. Right. Thanks a lot, Mom. You know, and yeah, I'm gonna only—it's this disgusting stuff, and and then I have to get lettuce, and then I've got this produce, and then another kid likes this kind of milk, and then I've got that kind of milk. So I mean, it's it's getting a lot, and it's random. I mean, it's random. So anyway, we I, I go and realize, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty, and I and I just um, I couldn't wedge the basket up to where the drinks were. Um, so I just kind of left it really, really close, and I went in, in between people in the line to get a drink. I promise there's a meaning to this story. Mm-hmm. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get a drink, and um, I'm coming back, and this woman is one by one taking everything out of my basket and putting it in her basket. And she's gotten all the way down to the wallet. And I walk up and she said, oh, my gosh. And I'm not going to do accents because I'm really good at doing accents. I'm not trying to brag. But I do everybody's accent and and then it gets touchy. I won't do accents. But she goes, oh, my gosh, is that your wallet? And it just was such an untruthful moment. And and I thought, there's no way that she wanted five boxes of Christmas lights, Ovaltine, um, you know, the particular kind of milk, a, a bag of lettuce. And, and she said, I just thought these groceries were being um, returned. And so the, they were the things I needed. And it was like... God really brought that to my attention because it was such a it, it was such an untruthful moment that I couldn't work with it. And He was like, "Kathleen, you give me those. You give me those. You know, where it's like, oh, did I um, say something wrong, God? I didn't. I do not think I did. Because, and then, I, oh, did I do something? Did I not give what I was supposed to give, God? Oh. And so all I could do was say, yes, that's my wallet. And she started to put all of the things. I mean, like we're talking 20 items that were in her basket back into my basket. And I was like, wow, you know, I I mean, I could have worked with truth. Do you know what I'm saying? If she had said, okay, I'm really embarrassed, but I saw you actually put your wallet there and I've been following you and I am desperate for money or I whatever I could have worked with that but I but I can't work with a lie you know God is the same way Jesus is the truth and when we're truthful to him in our hearts in our souls not afraid to be naked he can work with that but when we give him excuses when we give him half-truths, when we give him lies, there's nothing to work with. And so he praises, he praises this woman, this Samaritan woman, for saying the truth. And God sent Jesus here two thousand years after Jacob to the well of Jacob, who's one of Jesus' forefathers, and to this place, to this Samaritan woman, who was a big-time sinner, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we think, well, I'm just a little sinner, and other people are really big. Or we sometimes think, well, you know what? Compared to most Christians, I'm okay, so I probably will slide into heaven, and hopefully (laughs) that'll work. You know, we're all sinners, and we need to be truthful with Jesus more than anything else, more than anything else. Even if you find it too hard to be truthful with anyone else, be truthful with him. And, and and we need to stop lying to ourselves because that blocks God. And I've never said that before, but it really, really was a true example to me yesterday in, in Walmart. In John four nineteen, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped at this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem, that's the place we ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, that hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now it has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I mean that is huge. did you know that your truth towards God and your openness towards God is also your worship towards god, and what he 's saying too is it 's no longer about a place it 's no longer about a mountain it 's going to be that you can have a relationship with God yourself internally and externally. The hour is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. I used to look, and I wish I could remember exactly where the passage was, but there was a passage in the Bible that God just kept bringing up to me, bringing up to me, bringing up to me, and I'm, this is about 20 years ago, and it was, um, I desire obedience instead of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, Okay, great. That that's great. You know, I, I desire obedience instead of sacrifice. And sometimes we we look at those things and it's like, no, you know what? It's easier it's easier to go and do and help the food shelter and sacrifice here and and do this and do that and give and go. God, look what I've done for you. Than to just obey Him. You know, it is so much easier to do things for God quote-unquote, than to just obey him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he wants us to do to obey him and to really to be able to worship him is to come to him completely in truth, you know? Not trying to hide, not, not being religious or spiritual, you know? Like, like not trying to even, I don't know, it's hard sometimes when you are talking with a group or other people are sharing about their lives and, You start to feel like, wow, everybody around me seems to have it together, and I know our family doesn't, or everybody seems to, you know, we all are desperately in need of a Savior. We all need Him, and we got to come to Him in truth. And then it says, for the father is seeking such to worship him. I love this, that it's all tribes and nations. God is seeking people who want truth. It's like right here, Jesus has opened it up to say, it's not about the Samaritans. It's not about the Jews. It's all tribes and nations. Anyone who will come to me seeking truth, seeking the spirit, people who want truth. And, you know, sometimes we need to say, and I wrote a few things down. um, We need to admit to God because we don't want to admit it to other people. But we need to admit to God, you know, I'm angry. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. God does. He does. Sometimes he's waiting for us to just go, I am angry. Or we need to say, I'm confused. I'm just confused. I'm confused, God. (laughs) You know? And he's waiting for us to say that. Just like the Samaritan woman said, Well, you know, I don't really have a husband. I mean, we, we need to be as honest as she. We need to be able to say, I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm addicted to something. I mean, it, it could be gum for all he cares. I'm just saying that we need to sometimes say, I'm, I'm self medicating and I don't know what to do about it, God. Or I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. God, and and see, the neat thing about all this, the incredible thing, the gift that we have is that in doing that and opening that door, God can work with it. Mm -hmm. God can work with truth. God can work with truth. He always can work with truth because that's Jesus. That's the word. That's truth. That's where the miracles come in. That's when the solutions and the answers come in. Sometimes we need to say, I'm without hope, you know, I really act like I'm hopeful, but I'm really without hope in this situation. And, and I just need to say that to God. And sometimes we don't know what to ask after that. Don't wait until you know what to ask to tell the truth. You know, just tell the truth. I'm without hope. And I don't even know or want to ask for hope because I don't even believe that I can have hope in this situation anymore. Just tell them the truth. Isn't that good? We can just be so honest with God. You can say, I feel deceived or I feel bitter. You know, how many people cover up um, feeling bitter? When you can just say, God, you know, I mean, we have a choice. We, we really have this choice of 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 harboring in our hearts things that God can take away and make something beautiful out of. Sometimes we feel used. You don't think the Samaritan woman felt used? Mm -hmm. Let's see, I've had five husbands, and the man I'm living with Mm -hmm. is not my husband. Do you not think she felt used? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's from John 4.24. God is a spirit, just really let this sink in. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you.